All right, what is up and welcome back to the Build A Better You podcast. I'm your host, Austin Chan. And today we are going to be talking about the five reasons why you don't look like you lift. And so this is a very common problem that a lot of beginner or even intermediate lifters face. And it's the idea that, you know, you put in the work, you go to the gym three to four times a week, you are lifting the weights, you're doing the movements, you are nailing your nutrition, you're eating the protein, you're eating enough calories, but yet you still struggle to to wonder why, you know, why why do I not look like I lift? Why do I put in the work and yet, you know, I walk around and people don't like give me compliments and like, man, you you're looking big or, you know, you're looking muscular, you look really fit, you look really athletic, you just still kind of look like a normal guy when you are walking around in the street or you just hanging out with friends. Like you don't really feel like you stand out per se. And I'm going to be going over the five most common reasons why. Obviously, this is not an all-inclusive list, but there are this, these are certainly the most common ones that I've found to be most people's problems working with them. And also, um, some of these are um, personal experience as well because, you know, I never always looked like I lifted. There was a time in my life when, you know, I first just I just first started. I was never the athletic guy or the most athletic guy like in the room. Um, I was just your typical average guy who wanted to look better and feel better. So this is kind of coming from a place of experience as well. You know, um, one of the things I hate about most in the fitness industry or even just, you know, in life in general is when people give fitness advice. And yet, you know, they were always kind of the the most athletic one in the room. They always had a natural kind of propensity for athletics, for lifting, for just any kind of you know, exercise or fitness endeavor, um, they just had it, they just had it easy for them. Like they didn't have to go through the process. I mean, they probably did have to go through the processes and this is definitely not discounting their hard work by any means, but they didn't have to work as hard as, you know, the average person. And I would consider myself an average person. I wouldn't say like I was born or gifted with certain genetics to, you know, to, to just gain muscle really fast or to just pick up athletics really quickly. If anything, if you ask any of my close friends, like I am one of the least athletic guys in the room, like I can barely throw and catch a ball to save my life. However, when it comes to the weights, that's why I like doing it because it's kind of the same repetitive movement over and over again. You don't really like have to coordinate much. There's nothing like moving around a whole lot. You don't have to focus on like the unpredictability of like another person playing against another person or, you know, catching or throwing a ball. But yeah, that's besides the point. Uh, we're going to get into the five reasons why you don't like you li- look like you lift. And before we get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for those of you who applied for coaching. And uh, I'm excited. I've chatted with a few of you so far, and I'm glad to have you on board and looking forward to the great things that we'll be able to accomplish together. Um, and as for those of you who were on the fence about it, too bad. Uh, yeah, too bad. Uh, I'm closing off cl- coaching until the uh, end of the year, and I won't be launching or announcing coaching again or accepting any new applicants until the beginning of January uh, because I'm going to be spending the rest of the year really focusing on helping the clients that have applied and have decided to uh, jump on board and work with me. So I'm looking forward to working with you. And again, I'm not one of those people who like announce coaching every single year and I say hey there's five spots left and then for some reason there are five spots left for like ever for like the entire year and they seem to never get filled up I'm like really 
transparent and honest about my word in terms of telling you that, you know, coaching is open and, you know, apply now. And because I really put my forth my best like time and energy into helping the clients who are actually serious about getting after it. And so I that that's what I mean. Like I I don't just say, oh, here are five spots open. And then for some reason, there's always five spots open because probably because no one applies. And <laughs> and then, you know, give you some like cookie cutter program and then don't give you all that much attention once you sign on. But yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to working with those of you who did apply. Uh, but yeah, we'll crush it together. And without further ado, let's dive into the topic of this podcast. So reason number one as to why you don't look like you lift is that you're not being consistent. And and ironically, what I've consistently found when looking, when observing or even um, talking to people who uh, complain about why they don't look like they lift is because they're not being consistent enough. And usually it's going to be something along the lines of they go in randomly to the gym you know, once or twice a week, and they use the kitchen sink approach, and they go in, they do like upwards of 10 different exercises, they destroy their body completely. And then next thing you know, a couple of days later, DOM set in, that's delayed onset muscle soreness, for those of you who don't know DOMS. But yeah, DOM set in, and they are completely sore out of their minds for the next week. And then you know what happens? They're sore for the next week. They use that as an excuse to not go. And obviously, if you're sore, you don't want to be moving around a whole lot. It's just uncomfortable. So it makes sense to be taking that week off. And then, you know, after that week come, goes goes by, you get demotivated. And then next thing you know, you take two, you take three weeks off. And then by the time two or three weeks rolls around again, you, you start kind of getting that motivation in a sense. You're like, man, I haven't been to the gym in a while. You make yourself feel guilty, so you pick your ass up and you go to the gym and you do the same thing over again. You do every single exercise in sight, a complete full body workout with 10 different exercises and you destroy your body completely and you take the next two or three weeks off and then this is kind of that like vicious cycle that just repeats itself. And you're just simply not being consistent enough because you need to be, if you want the proper stimulus, you need to be working out three to four times a week consistently and really training your body to adapt to the movements that you're doing. Because if you're just going in and doing a bunch of random movements, your body is going to get a little bit of adaptation, but it's not going to get that much because you're not being consistent enough. And weightlifting, like any other skill, even though it might be easier to pick up than, let's say, like a very um, coordination-intense sport, like football, for example, even though it is less like demanding on in that sense, it is still a skill that needs to be practiced for your body to adapt, to learn, to pick up over time. And also, consistency is what helps you like build the habits. Like, you know, adaptations, physical adaptation side, mental adaptations are just as important. You need to be get, making yourself do the consistent work so that you eventually build the habits that you need in order to keep it up for the long term. Because these short-term fixes are not going to get you the long-term results that you want. Like for example, if you lose a weight really fast, you're not going to learn the skills to keep the weight off. And you know, maybe one in a hundred people might be able to do that. But for the majority of the people, you need to be taking that slow and sustainable approach in terms of building habits and building a lifestyle that you can stay consistent with. And this goes the same for lifting. You need to be able to build a routine 
a few times a week so that you can build that consistency so that you can keep it up for the rest of your life. You can't be realistically expect expecting yourself to go in randomly once or you know even seven times a week and be able to keep that up for the long term. Rather than going into these extremes of you know once every like two to three weeks or seven times a week, strive for somewhere in the middle because more than likely you know with everything in life. You don't want to be doing things at the extreme of like either being fully dedicated or like not dedicated at all. You want to find some common ground, some balance so that you can give it your maximum effort in a sense. Like don't be half-assing. I'm not saying to half-ass things, but I'm just saying to do everything in moderation. Do it enough so that you can get enough of the benefits out of it and you can keep it up for the long term because you don't feel like you have to dedicate your entire life and you don't feel like you have to have this all or nothing approach you know that as long as i stay moderately consistent i can get to where i want to be i don't have to be all in i don't have to be like all or nothing either i do it or i don't do it because if you don't do it then you don't get the results that you want if you do it all in then you burn out eventually and you don't get the results you want in the end so rather than going at those extremes obviously both of those you kind of end up at this at the same end result of not getting the results that you want so rather than trying to beat a dead horse um i hate that saying by the way like who the hell is beating a dead horse but yeah not to beat a dead horse but it's like if you are doing things that aren't working then why do you keep trying to attempt those things? And so it should be pretty obvious, but a lot of people still kind of miss this point. You know, if you if the things you aren't if you if the things you are doing right now aren't working, then try something different. And maybe that something different is not having an all or nothing mindset and not like you know going all in or doing nothing about it, but somewhere in the middle so that you can maintain these habits realistically like given everything else in life because like most of the people I work with and I'm sure you listening right now you probably can't make fitness a 100% priority of your life like you don't live and breathe fitness like you don't do this for a living um and even like professional athletes who do this for a living they can't do this forever they probably you see most of them like they they play until they're like in their 30s or even 40s at the latest and that's because their body is like has taken on such a toll just from being all in for all of those years that they simply can't do it and then their body like literally like it it takes on so much more um of a burden and weight than versus someone who is just doing it casually and doing it like as more of a like a lifestyle thing so yeah with that being said you're not being consistent so rather than trying to go in and beat up yourself once every two weeks or even trying to go in every single day um just running on pure motivation you know dial that back stretched out that motivation over the long term and go three to four times a week and keep it at something you can sustain and maintain not something that like you feel like you have to run on pure motivation or even yeah, basically you're running on pure motivation if you're going either once or seven times a week because other than like other than that like there's literally no reason why you need to be going that much. Like the only reason people do that is because they're like they feel super motivated so they feel like they have to do something about it in 
the quick fix in the short term. So they just go all in and they'll either go in and do every single thing in sight or they'll do that same thing over the course of seven days. But yeah, just don't do that. Take it easy in moderation and stick with a schedule and a plan and a routine that you can stay consistent with three to four times a week. And reason number two is going to be you're not pushing yourself hard enough slash increasing the stimulus. So this is a a huge problem I see. Like once you kind of have number one nailed down, number two is usually like the second most common, yeah, the second, which is why I put a second, the second most common reason why people don't look like they lift or not seeing the progress or results that they want because let's say you have number one nailed down, you're being consistent, you're going three to four times a week, yet you're doing this for months or years on end for some people, and you're like, why am I not seeing the results that I want? And this is because you're not, you're simply just not pushing yourself hard enough or increasing the stimulus. So what I mean by this is that in order for us to see strength and muscle growth, we need to be pushing ourselves hard enough. And so follow-up question I usually get to this is how hard should I be pushing, Austin? You should be pushing hard enough so that the last three to five reps should feel very difficult. Like it should not feel like a walk in a park. It should not feel like they tickle. It should feel like you are actually pushing yourself and you like really have to like concentrate um, and really put forth your mental and physical effort and energy into trying to complete those last few reps. And if we do want to get into the nitty gritty of it, that was just kind of like the like the uh, thousand foot view of like how hard you should be pushing yourself. And it was also a very like oversimplified um, definition of it. If you want like kind of the nitty gritty definition of it, I'll go into it right now. So basically, if we took take a look at the force velocity curve, um, you can go ahead and Google that right now if you don't you have no idea what I'm talking about. So force velocity is basically the idea that um, basically how our muscles operate. So, you know, as your muscles have to like produce more force, the velocity slows down and vice versa. If they have to produce less force, they're able to produce more velocity. So for example, um, let's say you're moving a very light weight, like you're just moving five pounds. You're obviously able to move this weight at a very high velocity because you your muscles don't have to generate as much force so moving a five pound weight you can move it very very fast whereas if we take the if we increase the weight then your muscles kind of have to generate more force to counteract that weight so let's say you go from five to 50 pounds those 50 pounds are going to move very slow so let's say you're moving a five pound box versus a 50 pound box the five pound box you're able to like slide across the floor pretty fast and you have no problem doing it. So that's a fast velocity because your muscles don't have to produce as much force. Whereas if you have a 50 pound box, you have to really push it and grind it against the floor. And it's slowly moving. It's slowly and surely, but it's slowly but surely moving. But you have to move it at a very slow velocity because of the amount of force you have to generate. And also your muscles just simply can't produce that much force with the with the same amount of velocity unless you're stronger so yeah in that case that that's basically kind of a very poor summary of the force velocity curve but basically how this ties back to weightlifting we want to be going to the point where your muscles have to generate enough force so that the velocity slows down so if you've ever lifted any heavy weights if you haven't then i don't think you'd understand this but 
Um, if you don't, then go to the gym, try lifting a relatively heavier weight, and you'll see for yourself. When you are really grinding a heavy weight out for the last few reps, like like if you th- ever watch, um, yeah, a good example is going to watch like powerlifting events where these people are doing like basically max effort lifts, and you'll see that some of them they'll like really grind out the rep like it'll take them forever to finish that one rep because they just simply have to produce so much force that the velocity of the weight moving is very slow and so basically i'm not saying that you should be going in at one rep maxing all the time but you should be training hard enough to the point that as you're lifting the weight those last few reps slow down and not because you're intentionally doing it but because the weight is heavy enough that you have to grind out those last few reps and they move very slowly and basically this is the force velocity curve at play and this is what is generates enough mechanical tension which is the main driver of muscle growth because as your body uh, gets to this point of having to grind out these reps that is what those are the reps that generate enough mechanical tension and your body senses that using mechanoreceptors basically these are receptors in your body that sense tension and movement And so when you generate enough mechanical tension, your body senses this and it's like, oh shit, okay, now we need to adapt. We need to remodel and repair the muscles so that they can become stronger and bigger for next time so that we can move more weight ultimately. Because if you think about it, your body is basically just a machine built for survival. And if something is like basically threatening its... um, ability to survive whether that's like lifting more weight or whatever your body is going to adapt and try to survive for next time so this is kind of just a just one of those branches of like how your body works in terms of like adaptations and stimulus for survival and so yeah that's how hard you should be pushing and as for increasing the stimulus this is otherwise commonly known as progressive overload so you know People often say like, oh, progressive overload is, you know, something that you should be doing from workout to workout. And yes, that's true. But it, but this is something that I've recently learned from Paul Carter um, and one of the fitness coaches I follow. And progressive overload isn't more of a, th- it isn't necessarily a thing that you force your body to do, or it's not something you implement into your program, but rather it should be a measure of if your program is actually working effectively. Because progressive overload is basically a measurement of if your program is working, then the adaptations from the stimulus from your previous workout should have worked, and you should be stronger than than your last workout this time, which means you'll be able to move more weight, or it means you will be able to move that same weight for more reps. So progressive overload is simply a measurement of if your program is working or not and if the stimulus and adaptation ratios in your program is currently working. So two ways um, to help to see if your program is actually working is one, to log your workouts. So write down your workouts, um, write down the exercises you did, write down how many sets you did, how many reps you did, and how much weight you were using for those sets. And this definitely helps a lot because it keeps you accountable and it helps you keep track of your workouts of exactly how many sets, how many reps, and how much weight you were lifting so that it keeps you accountable so that you can you know, progress your workouts over time. Because let's say you, looked, you look at your workout log and you're like, okay, last session I lifted 100 pounds for two sets. 
for a set of 12 reps on the first set and I did 10 reps on the second set. So next time you are going to work up to, you're gonna keep, I mean, let's say you're working in a rep range of eight to 12. So the first, first set, you know, you got 12, so you're gonna keep it there. Second set, you only got 10, so you're gonna work up to working for 12 reps in order to you know keep that stimulus going and checking to see if your program's working and these adaptations have occurred. So logging is number one. And number two, like progressive overload is literally just like, yeah, again, it's gonna ultimately come from logging, but progressive overload is also keeping yourself accountable in making sure you beat those previous records and those previous numbers. Because if you don't try to push for more, then your body, your body's not gonna have a reason to keep on pushing. And even though you could use feeling, you know, sometimes we our workouts feel off for a variety of reasons other than like if the program's actually working. And sometimes we're a lot stronger than we think we are. So, you know, if you don't push yourself to that extent of trying to push for more, sometimes you just simply won't see the changes you want because you're not actively pushing yourself. Like I often say that lifting is like honestly mostly mental because there have been times where, you know, I, I plug in a weight at the weight stack and I think it's like a li- just a little bit more than my previous session, but it turns out to be a lot more than my previous session and I end up doing it for the same amount of reps. And so th- this is all to say that, you know, lifting is honestly like, I don't want to say it's mostly mental, but it's definitely equally mental and physical. So just having that mentality of striving to do more than last time will get you very far. So number one for this, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. So push yourself hard enough so that the last few reps feel very hard. And this way, this triggers your body to adapt and progress from last time. And also increasing the stimulus. So increasing whether uh, through progressive overload, whether that's increasing the amount of weight that you lift, you know, five to 10 pounds, or increasing the number of reps that you do for that same amount of weight. And obviously, with this all being said, this is with a good form. Don't be sacrificing form just for a small increase because then at that point, you're not increasing, you're not like progressively overloading the muscles. You're probably just like sacrificing form and just using either leverage or some other muscle as compensation. So you're not getting the actual stimulus from the movement if you're just cheating your way through progressive overload. All right, that covers point number two. And then on to point number three is you're always trying to diet. And this is something I commonly see, uh, at, le- at least for people who are very lean or they start out like lean, or these are people who have lost a lot of fat and have gotten lean. Yeah, so either people who have started out lean or people who have gotten lean from uh, fat loss. And this is usually from the fear that people are afraid of getting fat again. And this is something I totally understand. But also you have to understand that progress in either direction takes time. Like if you think about all the weight that you've gained, or yeah, if you if you don't understand this, then I don't know what to tell you. But if you, yeah, if you think about this from the point of gaining weight, like you did not gain a shit ton of weight over the course of like just literally like a week or even a month. Like this took months and months and probably years of being in a calorie de- uh, calorie surplus for you to gain that weight. So uh, when you are intentional and actually conscious about it, you are not gonna gain as much weight as you like 
think that you're going to gain. It's it takes a lot of consistent intentional effort to actually gain weight when you're actually paying attention to your calories. Like once you've actually learned the principles and the foundations, you you simply like can't move in either direction like very fast. So like calm the fuck down and pay attention to your calories. And as long as you have that in check, you're not going to be gaining a ton of weight super fast. And with that being said, stop trying to diet all the time because you cannot calorie deficit your way into having a lot of muscle. This is simply not true. Like ask anyone who has ever built a significant amount of muscle, whether they have good genetics or not, like they'll tell you that you have to like be eating enough. You have to be fueling your body enough in order to build to build more muscle mass. Like if we think about it this way, like your body is trying to create more physical mass out of like the food that you're eating. So it would only make sense that it needs energy from somewhere in order to create that mass. And especially if you're not overweight and if you don't have a significant amount of, a significant amount of body fat, which is just extra stored energy, um, if you really think about it, if you don't have that fat mass on your body, then your body's going to need like energy from somewhere. And it can only build muscle in a calorie deficit for so long until it's like, dude, we can't do this efficiently anymore. Like we're going to need like more calories coming in. And so you have to be eating enough. And for a lot of people, I'd say either you can eat at maintenance, um, get up to a body fat that your percentage that you're comfortable with. And that way you can uh, main gain per se and just eat at maintenance and your body will just uh, use that energy from your fat, especially if you're at a healthy body fat percentage. If you're like way too lean, don't expect to be eating at maintenance and trying to gain muscle. Like get to a body fat that you're comfortable with. And honestly, the surplus that you need is, I think the research shows like anywhere from like 50 to 100 calories. And so when we take into account the errors on nutrition labels, etc., or even like going out to restaurants, like even some restaurants that like put in the nutrition label, it's it's honestly like incorrect. There's like an error rate of, you know, probably like 10 to 20%. So when you're just eating at maintenance, this takes into all of those errors into account. So like, don't worry too much about like actually to actually being in like, like a dedicated surplus, just eat around maintenance. And eventually these error margins are going to give you enough calories. Because let's say you go to Chipotle, like sometimes the worker there scoops like a little bit more than their four ounces servings of meat. Sometimes they'll scoop a little bit less. So all of this takes into account. So just eat at maintenance and eat enough protein and focus on the stuff I said before, being consistent and pushing yourself hard enough and increasing the stimulus. And if your lifts are going up over time, if progressive low overload is happening, then that means your program is working. That means your nutrition is in check and don't pay attention to anything else. Stop worrying about like how much weight you're gaining because that is a terrible um, measure of progress. Like if we talk about it in the context of weight loss, to stop like being so obsessive over the weight, we can talk about that in the same context of weight gain. Stop being so obsessed with the weight because it's not a measurement of how much muscle you're putting on. And if anything, muscle muscle weight takes so much so much more effort and um, time to put on than it is to lose fat. So with that in mind, like stop paying attention to it. Just focus on like, am I progressively overloading on my lifts from week to week, month to month? And if that's if that's going, then you're good. But if not, and you know, you, you know that you're not eating enough, then try eating more. 
and add a little bit at a time. Like you don't have to be bulking to the point of eating like 4,000 calories like you see a lot of people on YouTube and social media. Say like, stop. you don't need to be like dirty bulking. Like you can eat a lot of calories over your surplus, but just simply doing that does not mean you're gonna be building muscle faster. Yes, the weight, the scale, the weight, on the scale is going to be going up a lot faster, but you can your body only builds muscle so fast. And so when it gets enough energy it needs to build muscle as fast as it gets, all of the extra calories and all of the extra weight that you're gaining is going to be fat, which in the end you're just going to be having to spend more time later on dying it dieting it off because you ate so many calories over your surplus and you gained so much fat. And also, you're not going to feel too good. You're probably going to give yourself body dysmorphia because you're going to look at yourself and you put on a ton of fat and it doesn't look good. And then the, the sooner you put on all that fat, the sooner you're going to think like, man, I look really fat and I just want to diet it off. And you're going to be in this circle or in this cycle of, you know, this yo-yo dieting of bulking super high and gaining a ton of fat and then cutting it all off. And then next thing you know, you're just like not putting on any significant size at all. And you're just... In the end, you're just spinning your you're spinning your wheels, and you're not getting anywhere, and you're just basically at the same weight because you've been just spinning your wheels, uh, yo-yo dieting, bulking and cutting and bulking and cutting. So instead, just like the first one, eat at a moderate amount and focus on gaining strength and gaining muscle and pro- making progress, slow and steady progress over the long haul, and eventually you'll see your body change. All right, that covers it for point number three. Now on to point number four, you're not picking good movements. So this is going to be a bit more nuanced. Like I don't want you to think that like you need to be finding the perfect program in order to see results. But at the same time, you need to be doing good, efficient movements if you want to get to where you want to be at in like the fastest way possible or like to stay injury-free and all that. And a lot of that is just going to come from experience, learning, and learning the anatomy and biomechanics of your body and how to best fit those you know, structures and best train the muscles that you're trying to train. And I do have uh, some articles on this, especially on how to build glutes, how to build shoulders, how to build your legs. So go ahead and check those out if you haven't already. Uh, link is in the show notes to my blog, but yeah, chock full of information. This isn't something that I can cover in the podcast, mainly because Uh, When you're going over form, it's hard to kind of demonstrate it over like my voice talking to you. So go ahead and check out my blog for picking good movements. But other than that, I'm going to explain basically um, how to pick good movements. So when you when you want to be picking good movements, we want to be talking about movements that a are able to stress the tissue that you want to grow the most. So for example. If we want to be training our biceps, we should be doing some sort of curls because curls train our biceps the most. They provide the most tension onto the biceps versus like we don't want to be doing back movements for the sake of growing our biceps. It's like, yes, your biceps will be working in back movements, but your back is going to be primarily getting most of that tension from the movement. So picking movements that train a lot of muscle groups at the same time. So for example, like deadlifts, and you know barbell squats these aren't very good movements in trying to train and grow specific muscles because if you're working a lot of muscles at the same time all this does you're just simply watering down all the tension into a bunch of different muscles and obviously when you water it down 
you're getting less tension across like a bunch of different muscles. So not one single muscle gets stressed a lot. So it's not going to get the stimulus. Again, it's not going to get the stimulus and the tension it needs to grow from point number two. It's, it's just simply going to like move and it's not going to, you're not going to see the progress that you want, even though you might be making a ton of progress in the move in these movements, you're not going to see the, the growth or the bodily changes that you want. So pick good movements and like, and stop using sensation. This is also another thing. Stop using sensation to dictate what movements you do because sensation often like it's a poor measurement of, of if we're doing something correctly, because for one, a lot of people don't understand functional anatomy and biomechanics. So when you just simply pick movements based on sensation, um, and especially off of like, oh my gosh, even like stupid, like social media movement that you see, it's like, just because this generates a lot of sensation, people think it's a good movement. But when you actually look at the anatomy and biomechanics of that movement, like it doesn't train that muscle very well. So what happens? Like your body doesn't care how you feel. Your body just cares. Is this muscle doing the work? And is it getting enough tension to the point where it needs to grow and adapt? And if it's not, then it's not going to get the results. It doesn't care how much of a burn you feel. It doesn't care, um, you know, how this exercise makes you feel, how much you like this exercise. It just cares. Is this exercise working the muscle that it's going to be put to work or is it not? Is it going to get enough tension to grow or is it not? And so you need to be picking good movements. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I do want to cover that one more, but I just simply can't because due to the nature of the podcast. Um, but yeah, check out my blog articles for picking like good movements for training specific muscles. I'm going to try to put more out on other muscles. And so eventually that you have like a complete full body workout just from my articles alone. But a good place to start is checking out my blog article, the complete guide to designing your own strength training routine. And also there's like the complete guide for your glutes. There's a complete guide for your shoulders. There's also one for your legs and that's going to include quads, hamstrings, and calves. So yeah, on to the next point. You're not being patient enough. This is the fifth point. And it's, you're not being patient enough. And this is something that I struggled with. Um, so, you know, I lifted like when, even when I dialed everything in for, I want to say the first three years, like I still didn't look exactly the way I wanted to. Like I, I was doing everything right. You know, I was eating enough calories. I was eating enough protein. I was progressively overloading and following a good program but I was just simply not being patient enough. Like I did not stick to the process long enough. And obviously, like, like I said, muscle takes a long time to build. And even if you have very good genetics, you can build maybe like 12 to 15 pounds of muscle in the first year. And after that, obviously it slows down due to the law of diminishing returns. The longer you do stuff, the less gains you're going to make for the same amount of effort. And it just simply, that way otherwise everyone would be walking around with 300 pounds of muscle and deadlifting like a car or something but yeah otherwise you're just simply not being patient enough even if you're doing everything right everything's going to be moving a lot slower than you would like it to and this is the unfortunate truth this is just simply a reality check for you like be patient with the process be consistent with it and eventually the the process itself will yield the results that you want 
granted that you're long enough and this is why a lot of people don't see the results that they want they do everything for like a year or even like a few months at most and they don't see the results that they want and they're like man screw this i don't want to do this anymore and so they give up without ever having put the time and energy into the process itself and actually getting the results they want in the end and so then this is up to you. Like, are you willing to dedicate your time and energy into the process for at least three to five years? Because this is a realistic timeline for a lot of people. If you aren't willing to do it for three to five years, then don't expect above average results. Don't expect yourself to get the results that most people don't get. Because if you're not willing to go through that, that hard shit, the kind of dip uh, of the process, then you're not, you're, you're not deserving of the, rewards or the progress or the results that you're going to get so you have to be real with yourself are you willing to dedicate you know the next three to five years to the process and again you don't have to be all in you just have to be doing mostly everything right and having the flexibility um at least going to the gym three to four times a week you know picking good movements focusing on progressive overload focusing on your nutrition eating enough calories eating enough protein and really dedicating to the process for three to five years so if you really want this for yourself, you have to be patient enough. And that's that's basically it. All right, so with that being said, uh, that's five reasons why you don't like you lift. And bonus tip number six. So maybe you do actually look like you lift, but you are dealing with body dysmorphia. And this is a big one, so I wanted to address this as well. Like I thought about leaving it out just because I've got five reasons already, but this is definitely something that needs to be included for i don't know if anyone listening here is dealing with this but um this is something that i've dealt with myself like probably in recent years because you know i've gotten too close to like where i want to be but not and obviously like this is something that you know for myself and i think a lot of people suffer with is that you know we, we always want better and even though we get to the point of where like let's say like maybe five years ago i'm like you know i want to be like this body weight with this amount of body fat percentage and you know this amount of muscle this much amount of muscle in my body and i want to look kind of this certain way and like once you kind of attain that you realize it's like oh shit i attained this and this and that only that only means that from here on out i can only get better from this so you want more and you're always kind of in this like race of trying to improve and always striving to do more so it can be kind of hard on the mind when you're constantly in this mentality. And so uh, even though you get to the point of where like, you know, everyone's like, wow, dude, you look so good. And like, you look really fit. And like you, yeah, it, it's like, even though you are at that point, there's still this part of you, like I can be better. And so this is kind of what like, what body dysmorphia actually kind of goes into. Like when people, you know, they're just simply not satisfied with what they have achieved. And this can be really hard on them and cause them to like actually think like, am I fat? Or, you know, like they, they just simply have this unrealistic expectation for themselves that they will never, ever meet. And so this this is literally what leads to body dysmorphia. So what I'm trying to say is that like really put things into perspective and something that has helped me a lot. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a very like a good thing to do, but just compare yourself to the average person. Like, not the average person at the gym, because if we think about the average person at the gym, that's going to be a selective part of the population. For Because honestly, most of the people at the gym, these aren't people who just started for the first time. 
a lot of these people in the gym, like the reason why a lot of people continue working out for three to five years is because they've gotten the results and they were able to stay consistent with it. So this already narrows down to a smaller percentage of the population. And, you know, most of the population, I mean, even if they have a gym membership, they don't go. Most of the population does not go to the gym at all. So something to put into perspective is like look around like your average person walking around at the mall or walking around on the street like compare yourself to this and i'm not saying to make this a huge comparison game and be like you know i'm better or i'm worse than like this person but just use that as a kind of <clears throat> excuse me a benchmark for like am i really like do i really don't look like i lift like do i really not look fit like use it as a benchmark, but like don't again don't go too much into it and start comparing yourself and like like be condescending or whatever. But just using that as a benchmark to really give yourself a reality check. And it's like, am I just simply dealing with body dysmorphia, thinking I'm not good enough when I'm actually like good enough? And one thing also is just stop making this a huge comparison game. Like oftentimes like people who deal with body dysmorphia and don't think like think they look like they lift is because they're constantly comparing themselves to people who look better quote better than them like they always look at people on social media or at the gym they always look to people who are bigger stronger leaner than them and they don't ever feel like they're good enough because they're all they're constantly trying to compare themselves to someone who like literally has different genetics and just simply is not them so that constantly you're constantly looking at an unrealistic expectation and an unrealistic goal so you never obviously you're never going to feel satisfied because you're never going to be attain, be able to attain that so rather than doing that compare yourself to yourself always just am i doing better than last time like do i look better than myself like a year ago or three months ago do i look better than myself have i have i gotten stronger than what i was previously at a few months ago a year ago and that's like honestly that's the key because honestly none of this matters whether you compare yourself to others or not like all of this in the end is a self-development journey and whether or not you get close to somebody else and whether or not you attain the goals that somebody else has it doesn't really like matter in the end like at the end of the day at on your deathbed you're not going to be like man I really wish I achieved this goals that somebody else had, or man, I really wish I looked at like this person. At the end of the day, when you on your, when you're on your deathbed, you're gonna be like, did I achieve all the things that I want to achieve? Did I become the best version of myself? Did I improve in all of the areas of life and became the best in all of the areas of life that I wanted to be in? Like, was I a good father or mother? Was I a good person? Did I live a long and healthy life? Did I make a good impact on a lot of the close people in my life? Or did I not? So that's just something to consider. Like it's, there's so much more to life than just like looking like the leanest or the biggest guy in the room. So yeah, um, did not expect to go in that. But yeah, with that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to leave a five-star review if you are enjoying the content and be sure to leave a written review if you can uh, to let me know what specifically you've been enjoying about the podcast or what you think uh, you would want to listen to. But other than that, I will catch you in the next one.